Everyday triumphs, extraordinary outcomes, a space where narratives connect. This is the Big Idea Box Podcast. Born at the Lab Miami, this podcast invites all entrepreneurs to share, support, and empower. times where content is king, more entrepreneurs are writing and often self-publishing books as a supplemental tool for their business. Whether it's used as a marketing strategy to gain notoriety and validity as an expert in your field or to generate a side income, as an entrepreneur, writing a book can come with a slew of advantages. And with self-publishing options, it's easier than ever. Today, we're sitting down with Ms. Miriam Dorsett, a serial entrepreneur, a full-time artist, and community activator, who has not only written two books thus far, but has founded a publication company called Bootstrap Publications. In addition, Mary is the organizer for Product Hunt South Florida, the community manager for Entra, and editor at Tropicult Magazine, the founder of Hebor, and CEO of ZenZone Miami. She has more than 15 years of professional experience, ranging in the fields of youth development, Small Business Management, and Digital Engagement. Her second book, The Lion and the Elephant, has been well-received by readers, and she is currently working on her third book, titled From Where I Stand. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 23, How Self-Publishing a Book as an Entrepreneur Can Launch Your Career and Help You with All Your Endeavors. We have the amazing Miss Miriam Dorsett here. Super excited to chat with you today. This is your host, Rachel. And um, Miriam, I want to just start by getting to know you a little better. Um, Can you please tell us about your background? Where are you from? What are your passions? What do you like to do? Thank you so much for having me on, first of all. I'm really excited to chat with you guys. I feel like it's going to be a fun conversation because... We know each other, so we can be light and fun. And as I'm doing these podcasts with the book, going around talking about it, I have found that it's just a lot easier to talk about myself and the things that I'm doing when I know the people. So thanks so much for this opportunity and for having me on. I'm a big fan. Uh, a little bit about me. You covered a lot in the intro, but t- I was born in New Mexico. Uh, I, by all by what I like to say, United States standards, I was pretty poor growing up, came from a poor family, and a single mother, raised by a single mother, which I recently realized was something that was unique about me that mattered more than I probably have given weight to. Uh, So yeah, I spent my childhood kind of running outside and playing, hiking, going to hot springs, enjoying life in that way. Um, I split my summers between my grandparents in Texas and doing sun dances in Arizona. So if you don't know what sun dances are, they're religious practices by indigenous people where we kind of reaffirm our beliefs about the universe in uh, community and personal sacrifice uh, ways. So that's an interesting little fact about me. Very cool. I love (laughs) that. Yeah, it is. That is super cool. (laughs) And uh, then I moved to San Francisco Bay Area with my family. And uh, then I moved to Miami. And I've been here for nine years. 
So my passions are the arts, our community, technology, sustainability. And at this point in my life and my career, I really self-identify as an artist. Although, like you mentioned, I do own, operate, and am growing several businesses that I dedicate a lot of my time to, in addition to creating my art. And um, for the question of what I do, I... (laughs) I guess the most simple way to answer that is that I just do what I want to do every single day. That's a beautiful blessing to be able to do that. And you've earned that through all your hard work. Yeah, definitely. It's not something that just happened. I have worked really hard to get to this point where I can structure my life in that way. And I'm just getting started, which is very exciting. That is very exciting. And we're super grateful to be here with you on your journey and discuss all of your amazing accomplishments and everything that's to come. And hopefully this will help a lot of people in their journey and inspire them um, to make moves as you have. So bringing it back to when you were just getting started, I know um, a little bit about sort of your first series as an artist called Cluttered Clarity. Mm-hmm. And that sort of shaped this book, The Lion and the Elephant. Do you mind telling us about that? Yes. Cluttered Clarity, that's the current series that I'm in as an artist. It's my first series. It's interesting because as I was going along creating, I didn't realize that I was in a series until another artist told me. And I was kind of had a freak out moment where I was like, oh, my God, all this stuff, these paintings that I'm just painting randomly and these things that I'm building and putting together, they're all connected. And there's this common theme. And I was having like this little mini meltdown. And my artist friend, Adriana, she was like, that's normal. It's fine. (laughs) She's like, that's called you're an artist. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Keep going. She's like, you're in a series, honey. And I was like, oh, I'm in a series. This is so cool. I'm in a series. Yay. Because it gave it some sort of organization. And I was like, okay, like now I know what's happening. And uh, so the book is a part of that. The series is comprised of several paintings, two books, several, a lot of photographs, a lot of writing and a sculpture. And it's about memory and technology. So me kind of examining my relationship with technology, looking at how humans, our experience is affected by technology. What are we losing in this digital age because of technology? What are we gaining? So just reflecting and experimenting on myself in a little bit of ways and um, sharing my my thoughts through my art, creating it. So The Lion and the Elephant, the second book, is... Um, is part of that entire series. And it's very interesting also, I think that your upbringing was very holistic. It was very wholesome. It was very grounded in terms of just being part of the earth and the universe and very connected to that. Growing up, running around outside and going to hot springs and doing indigenous rituals, I think that's very interesting. And it's interesting to hear how technology now has played a role in your life as an artist, as a person, as an entrepreneur, and how that's affected you because growing up in that way, you're not really exposed to a lot of that. And now it's become such a crucial part of our everyday life. So it's kind of, you know, processing that and how we want to use it as a tool and the good and the bad that comes with it. So what is your opinion on technology in terms of 
how you see it as a tool, how you see the good aspects of it, the negative aspects, and how has that played a role in the theme of the lion and the elephant? So the way I feel about technology, uh, obviously, I think if anyone that knows me would say that I'm utterly obsessed with it. I, I really? love it. I love it. But I have also a very keen understanding of how quickly it changes us as people. It gives us access. It's a very powerful tool. And culturally, as people, I don't think that we change as fast. We It takes generations for these things to take place where people are becoming comfortable with the, the things that you can do through technology. And that is true beyond just computer technology. I look at technology as any time like a new tool is introduced to society, right? So one of the things that I talk about a lot with friends is the the tool of the the condom I know that's kind of random taking it to a total different tangent right now oh wow <laughs> but I wasn't expecting that one I know we didn't talk about no this. it's okay we talk about everything on here don't worry we put that explicit button on the little podcast and we're good to go you talk about whatever <laughs> hashtag let's talk about it right <laughs> So, and, and not just the condom itself, but birth control in itself and how that tool really changed the game mm. for a lot of, for women, for men. And now, you know, fast forward decades later, look at all of these changes that we're experiencing. And I wonder, is it connected? You know, I think probably it is. I mean, it all is connected. Everything's connected. But that's just one example of how technology quickly gives us a change the, in our lives, but culturally, maybe those things don't happen as fast. We don't process it. Wow. That's super interesting. And you don't really think about things like condoms and tangible items all the time as technology, mm-hmm. but it really is a technology that goes, it's an innovative product. Mm-hmm. Anything that has innovation requires technology. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I could go on and on with examples. In terms of the book, the there's a few... The, the lion represents technology. There's a painting of the lion within the series. And so that's the, the correlation there. And, and the elephant represents memory. So those are like symbols of uh, the, the memory and technology within the series. And uh, I, don't, I haven't spent much time reflecting on whether there's other ways that the, the lion and the elephant or the book or the story directly connects to like memory and technology maybe there is I I can't explain it because I didn't write it intentionally in that way it was just something that came to me it was a it was part of the creative process that I am in and so I was just creating putting things together and um, yeah so but who knows maybe so the lion and the elephant is a children's book Mm -hmm. Did you always know that you would write a children's book? And why Why did you decide to write a children's book? What is your intention with that? Yeah, I did not always know that I would write a children's book. I, I never like had the plan to write the children's book. The story came to me. I, that's all that I can really describe it as is just kind of like inspiration during my time of creating my art. The story came to me. The words just flowed out faster than I could even really write them. And I that, I can't really explain it other than that. Like when you're in that flow or you're in that creative vibe of like you're painting and you're just kind of in that zone, things just come out of you. 
it's great. I love <laughs> the feeling. Um, and that's what happened with this book and the story. I'm, I'm loving sharing it with kids and hearing their responses. And it's incredible to, to experience this. And I'm just trying to enjoy every moment of it. I think that's really refreshing to hear because I think sometimes people get really stuck in trying to figure out every single thing before just doing something and just going with with their heart, their gut, what the universe is telling them. They'll try to think out every sort of aspect, what people are going to say, what the intention is, everything without just taking action and doing it. And it sounds like you just let it flow from your heart and what you're feeling. And it comes out in a beautiful, creative uh, product. Thank you. Yeah, I do believe in following your heart and your intentions and listening to yourself and uh, and balancing that with as entrepreneurs and artists and as people keeping in mind that uh, we have incredible power when we create sometimes. And I personally have experienced this when you're in that flow and you're just creating, especially if you're trying to solve a problem, you really... I like to be cautious with um, thinking through and about, okay, once I think I've found a solution to the problem, then look at that solution and does it cause problems? What problems does that solution now create? Because I have done that where I have created something to solve a problem and it actually created more problems than I had in the first place. (laughs) So that's kind of like, something that I try to be very mindful about. And in addition with that, while I'm all about sharing ideas and speaking your mind and, and that people's, your voice matters. Also, when I, I think when you're reaching a current, um, like a state, uh, like a level of creating and innovating, then it's important to be mindful of how you discuss these ideas because once they're out there in the universe, they're kind of out there. And I learned about that when I was exploring how patents work and intellectual property and how it's, it really is kind of interesting how that whole, it's it's a very ancient uh, means that we have created to protect people's ideas because of how powerful they are. You know, once I say something to you, that's it. I can't take it back. It's now in your head. You've got it. That thought is there and it can grow and you can pass it on to someone else and it just expands out and out and out. So with creating and and getting feedback on your ideas and talking about them, also just being cautious about that because once you put it out there, it's out there. Mm -hmm. That's true. And people will do what they want with it. Mm -hmm. So going back to the lion and the elephant, uh, I love how the characters in the book, um, they are gender neutral. And our latest podcast episode, uh, number 21, was actually all about gender neutrality and um, the LGBTQ community. Um, So tell me a little bit about your intentions with that. I know that there's also another character, the queen, who is purposely gender neutral and not your typical queen that you would see in sort of a fairy tale um, book. Mm -hmm. So tell me why you chose to do that. Yeah, so... The book is meant to teach kids that life is a journey and that it's their story and they can make what they want out of it. The blank, it has blank pages in the back there that are meant for the child to write the ending of the story. Just like life, I believe that we are the authors of our lives and our stories. And there was really no other way for me to make the characters besides being gender neutral. Um, 
there, it, I didn't have a choice necessarily in that matter. And maybe it has something to do with my background and the way that I was raised. But it, that was just very clear to me that the, the characters should be gender neutral. And it is a plus that it makes it an easy way for people to talk about and have conversations around a topic that for some reason is, you know, very complex to some people, although I think it's very simple when you really start to think about it and break it down. But I understand that it is complex because it's a cultural change that are, that we're going through as a society. And, um, yeah, so teachers and parents can use this also as a way to have those conversations, which are important with kids. That's great to be sort of the inspiration to have the conversation because it's important just to have the conversation. So it's a beautiful tool that you're putting out there to spark that. Thank you. So tell me, I want to get into a little more of the nitty gritty in terms of entrepreneurs out there who are interested in publishing a book, putting a work of literature out there and what that means for their business and how to go about that, all of um, all the steps it takes and all of the ins and outs of that because you obviously have the experience. I know that you started your own publication company called uh, Bootstraps Publications. How did you go about that and um, what have you really learned when you were publishing your books and going through the process? Mm-hmm. Um, so Bootstrap Publications, I'm super proud of that brand, by the way, because we've been around now for two years and we've grown and I'm so happy with how much we've been able to impact people's lives through creating these books and putting out, it's, it's really fun. It's fun to work on that company. Uh, there's a lot of key takeaways. I think when you're sitting down and you're like, okay, I'm going to write a book that the starting with the why, just like with entrepreneurship is going to help being coming very clear on that because it's going to drive a lot of your decisions down the line from everything, from whether you go traditional publishing or boutique or self or you with your marketing, how you're going to do your marketing. It's going to drive all of the, de- the decisions and choices that you have. So figuring out what is your why? Do you want to make money? Do you want to become a bestseller? Are you trying to be subject matter expert? Do you just want your voice to be heard? What's the reason why you're writing this book and putting it out? Uh, the answers to that, just like uh, just like anything else, it's like going to help drive the decisions that you're going to make forward. And other key takeaways I have are that the cover counts. It's like the label to your product, mm-hmm. right? So I've learned my first book. That was <laughs> interesting. Just through the label on the product, basically put the cover together. It was a painting that I had done. And I learned a lot from that because it came out. And I was like, I'm not pleased with this, the way that it looks. And it just got better every single time that we pushed out a book. The cover got better. So taking the time to really think about the cover and getting someone professional to do it for you. Uh, is a key takeaway. Just like your website, it's the first expre- first uh, impression that people are going to get. Um, so take your time with that. Also, going with the flow is another key takeaway that I have from what I've learned. There, Things are going to go wrong. So many things go wrong <laughs> with publishing <laughs> the books. And when you're working with creatives, people want to change things all the time. So you have to be really set in your decisions and your ways, but also have the balance of hearing people out, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. And helping ask them the questions to guide them to their own answer that they, cause it's their project. It's their baby. Um, that, so never settle on like, this is the date that my book is going to come out. I'll tell you right now, that's not the date because <laughs> something's going to go wrong. We had a, a book we put out, uh, where it got the proof copy got lost in the mail on the way to my house. Oh no. So I didn't get a chance to, to put my eyes on it. And I did not feel comfortable with putting it out without putting my eyes on it first. And in that time I had a friend come stay with me when the book finally did arrive, they looked at it and they had all of this great feedback <laughs> and we were like, Oh my God, we need to change this entire book. <laughs> so we did. And it pushed the project back by six months Wow! where we were ready to go. We were like proof copies come and we're hitting publish and as soon as we get it. So, and the, the final product was a lot better because of that. So just going with the flow, adjusting dates, following your instinct, getting feedback. Those are all, um, key, key takeaways from that. What I've learned. That's very, very helpful. Thank you for your insights with that. So going into the difference between traditional and self-publishing, what would you say is the main difference? And as an entrepreneur writing your book, why would you choose one over the other? And what's the best way to go? There are a lot of differences. Time, money, comfort. Those are to name a few. Um, it's my opinion that publishing is a really old industry that's really ripe for disruption. Uh, that And that disruption, I think, will benefit everyone, publishers and writers and readers. Um, I'm speaking from the point of an artist. So to me, my work, my writing, this is my art. I'm creating it to create it and share it. That is the why. It's just inside. It just needs to come out. Mm -hmm. uh, for entrepreneurs, writers, other people, their why is going to be different. And so, again, going back to that, like I'm not a journalist, I'm not a blogger, but I think about the co a conversation that I had with a woman who was involved in, in publishing. And she told me that some books that have been published, she didn't think that they should have been published. And she was talking mostly about self-published authors because it's very easy to self-publish these days. And I, I didn't at the time really realize how much I disagreed with what she was saying. But as I reflected on the conversation that we had, I, I realized because I'm an artist and I think about writing as art and also because everyone has a voice and I think that, that everyone's voice is important and has value, I disagree with that so much. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, it just means you didn't like those books. Those books were not for you. That opinion that they had didn't resonate and didn't connect with you, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have been published and they shouldn't have been out there. And I'm really grateful for, you know, Jeff Bessos, who's changed the game and created this structure where we can get our voices out through Amazon very easily. And there's a lot of other players too, and even just the internet. So you can basically um, self-publish your book through Amazon and sell it through Amazon Marketplace? Very easily. It's like a wizard that you follow. You just upload documents. One, two, three. Anyone can do it. I found out about that when I was sitting on my first book and just trying to figure out, like, navigating 
the internet trying to figure out how to publish. And then I took a, I was in North Carolina just to look at some art and be in the mountains for a bit with my grandparents. And on my flight back, I sat next to this woman. She was an artist. She was coming to Miami and she, we were chatting about writing and she was like, Oh, you haven't heard about this Well, This is how you do it. Just go here, whatever. And I was like, what? Are you serious? This thing exists. So yeah, back then it was called Create Space. And you would go on. First of all, they had the best customer support. Like you could call, get someone on the phone, they'd answer your question. Yeah, and you just upload your stuff. And now it's just KDP publishing. So just you can just go on there and self-publish. It's available on Amazon. You can set your own price. You can follow their pricing structures. Then you follow the guidelines for marketing and all of that good stuff as well. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's amazing. And that, I think, is a great thing to know for all entrepreneurs who are interested in this or just anyone who wants to get their voice heard, get their project out there. It's more accessible now than ever. There's not these gatekeepers like the woman you were mentioning just telling people that you can't put this out there because it doesn't fit their guidelines. You can just do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so... How do you choose the right people to work with? You mentioned the cover is super important. Mm -hmm. What about copywriters, editors, illustrators? How do you really choose those people? And what are some good tips that you would give people? So again, I would say you want to go back to your why and then find people that have experience doing that. So if you want to sell a lot of books and make a lot of as much money as possible, then find a marketing person that has proven able to do that and, and work with that person. Um, and same goes for every other stage. You know, find people that have experience, follow your instincts. I, I think some of the tips are also things that I appreciate are honest people, people that are willing to tell you that your baby is ugly. Like, oh, that's so harsh. I know. <laughs> but no, it's kind of straight up. <laughs> I know. I, uh, I don't sugarcoat too much very often I'm not really that's not one of my skill sets but it's important to be told how you can improve otherwise how are you going to improve and change so if you're going to put something out there like I've read books by people that have gone and self-published and they bring it to me to look at and I'm like who edited this no one I read edited myself having no one read your book before so then they're just, you know, even small spelling errors, things like that. And it's okay. That's fine. Like, it's not the end of the world. Um, but once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. The typos are real. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you have decided to market your book and what are some realistic goals, especially since this is not your main business? You have a bunch of other things going on. So how do you set those expectations and goals for yourself? Mm-hmm. So I'm an artist again. So just sharing it and having it out there, that's that's important to me. Uh, and we're doing a lot of like non-traditional things. I'm targeting places for readings that where kids are. It's not always just going to be like a coffee shop or a bookstore. Like we did a reading at a at a bounce house, a trampoline bounce house, right? They've got tables there. We can set out some crayons and do art That's activity amazing. with these kids. <laughs> it was hard to compete with the trampolines, but some of the kids came over and they really enjoyed it. And that's what I've 
that's what I've, how I've been marketing it, is just going out and sharing the story. We have a lesson plan and activity that we send out as well to teachers for them to do with the kids. So smart. Uh, and yeah, I just want to share the story with, with as many people as possible. I love hearing how the kids come up with the ending to the story, whatever their thoughts are. I love watching them read the story and drawing, coloring things in. Uh, it's very rewarding. And my current goal is to form more partnerships. Uh, for example, we're talking to a few different sustainable school supply companies. Um, with anything that I do, I'm always trying to maximize my impact. Like, how can we double down on this situation? And so if there's a way for us to highlight another brand and company that's also doing really good things while we're going along and sharing the book, then I want to do that. So any collaborations, we're looking for those types of things. Those are kind of like the goals that I'm working on for the book. That's a really good tip to find key partners that are going to mesh well with your brand and what you're trying to do maximize the impact and also expand your reach at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's a really great piece of advice. Yeah. I also do want to share exciting news. Another goal is that we're getting the book translated into Spanish. Yay. Yes. And you heard it here first. We won't share this news anywhere else. And that's super exciting. (laughs) That's great. Definitely to have that, that additional reach more inclusive Mm -hmm. and also it's a great tool for for kids of all ages I think that's great um so how do you think entrepreneurs can utilize a book to push or complement their business why do you think it's a good tool for entrepreneurs I think having a book is a great idea for any entrepreneur we tend to be pretty opinionated people and we tend to know things um at least we think we know things (laughs) And we're working on things and we're building and we're growing and we're changing and we're changing ourselves. We're changing the world. And there is learning in that. And by putting a book together, you're actually doing a great service to the world by sharing your knowledge. And also it will really force you to reflect on what you've been through. Taking that time as an entrepreneur can be difficult. So we're in this journey. We're kind of just in it. We're going through it. We don't stop to pause and think and that's where a lot of great transformation comes for me is when I reflect on things and take the time to give my own mind uh, space to to how did you feel about that situation what did you learn from that how did that interaction make you like were you feeling energized after were you feeling uh, tired all of those little personal check-ins that can be that provide you the sustainability knowledge that you need to really do this right um, so when you sit down and write that book, you're going to have to reflect. You're going to have to think through it. You're going to have to ask yourself some questions. And so taking the time and giving yourself the time to do that. Um, of course, once you have that book out, it then becomes a passive income stream. So if, especially for entrepreneurs that are starting out, any in, additional income is great, right? So you, it's a passive income stream, so you don't have to take more time it's not a service that you have to spend time providing. It's a product that people can buy and it's scalable, which is important again to entrepreneurs that are starting out. So then you can use that as a jumping off point to speak. You can become a subject matter expert in the field. If you're already working on something, there's a reason why they have that quote, right? They wrote the book on that. Like 
<laughs> just because one person wrote one book on it doesn't mean another person can't write another book on it because their opinion is going to be completely different. So it, it can help you. It can help you get PR and uh, it help you in any field of work that you're doing. I really believe that. Any trips that you take, you can fit in a book visit or a book reading on and then, you know, becomes work trip, which provides some tax incentives, mm-hmm. right? Expense it. Yeah, you can go expense it. You know, they, your accountant will tell you that that's totally fine. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we really don't stop working anyway, let's be honest. I don't even set my do not disturb on the office, out of office anymore. I'm just always on. Mm-hmm. So Right. Well, thank you so much. That was beautiful insight. I think that we covered a lot. And I want to also announce that at the lab and for the lab community, we'll be offering a special discount, um, 10% off of the lion and the elephant. So we'll add that to the show notes and we'll also add Miriam's handles for social media and where you can follow her journey, get to know her better. And I thank you so much for your time, all your expertise and just sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, guys. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review the Big Idea Box podcast. And remember, always share with a friend. Stay connected and follow us on our Instagram and Twitter at The Big Idea Box.